Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 585, air date April 21st, 2020. If you want to go to my YouTube, we just started streaming. Let's make sure that's happening. Yep. And we're up on Periscope. And we're going to start these 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. sessions. Today we're a little bit late because we had some technical issues. But our intention is to really give people an opportunity out there uh, and there's a lot of amazing newsmakers, people who run, you know, media sites. So they've reached out to us. Um, obviously, they're the big guys on social media. Who I, almost many of them are grifters. It seems like they don't really do news themselves. They're becoming sort of the neo mainstream media. They sort of watch which way the wind blows to get followers. Uh, that is not our intention. What we want to do is we really want to start giving an opportunity to talk about truth, science, truth, freedom, and health. So we're finding some very interesting people. Jennifer, who helps me with this, we've been getting probably 3,000 or 4,000 interview requests. And so what we've decided to do between 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., we're going to find some great people who are doing some really cool work from all over the world, and we're going to invite them to a discussion. Given my limitation of time during 11 to 1, we're going to have sort of 15, sometimes 30-minute segments. So I have Robert Lamont here. Robert was just sharing with me his background, so I'm going to go over to... Robert here. So Robert, why don't you share with us just really quickly what you do and let's get into about 15 minutes of good Q&A. And again, welcome everyone to Ask Dr. Shiva. Go ahead, Robert. Okay, so uh, from here from the UK, having built up the observation deck on, on YouTube and come out of the corporate sector, um, I must admit it was the corporate sector that pushed me out and I stepped willingly out of it simply because of the truth side of it in the, in the upper echelons of corporations. Um, didn't start ringing true to me in as much as I had the CEO of uh, a very large communications company that's known globally come up to me in a room after I'd saved them several million pounds worth of um, money through a project that I'd worked on. The CEO said, can you send me that project so we can go ahead with it? And then all of a sudden, ego started stepping in and um, my manager basically blocked me from sending that information because it was against their budgetary controls and all the rest of it. And that's when the red flag started coming up with me thinking, hang on a second, I thought we were all working towards the same goal, as naive as that sounds, where uh, unfortunately the politics got a little bit too hot for me. And I said, no, this is, this is not the sort of situation I wanna be in. I'm just an open person who wants to find out what the truth is. Then I started the observation deck, started digging into research work on all sorts of subjects. Uh, history being one of my favorite subjects was one of them, but geopolitics was definitely another, has been for many, many years. And then obviously the COVID-19 debacle raised its head and that just completely then stopped me doing what I was doing as far as alternative history is concerned because I was picking out all of the history is only ever written by the winners and pointing out you know I mean so, people would be surprised so, so Robert so we so I think we understand so you're, you're a seeker of truth so can you t talk about what we want to talk about today I know the goal was you had some questions yeah, for well, me I'd yeah. like to ask you a couple of questions in, and, and put you in a position where for instance uh, one of the questions you know you've got a lot of highly intelligent medical experts around the world and um, they seem to be simply going along with what's clearly a flawed approach 
to what many are calling the seasonal flu. And I just wanted to get your take on why you think that is. Right. So, so Robert Lamont, by the way, is joining us from the United Kingdom. And Robert runs the name of the uh, observation deck. And he's an independent journalist. Um, and so Robert really wanted my opinion on the first question. We're going to do about three questions, Robert, because we have another person joining us. Is yep. I think your question is, why is it that um, the quote-unquote medical experts are all falling in line with what I characterize as a fear-mongering hoax with this thing called COVID-19? So I'll tell you why. There's a number of reasons. First, if you look at medical experts and the entire medical establishment, that entire model is not uh, frankly based on what you would call a holistic understanding of the body. Okay, a systems-based approach to the body. In fact, the Epoch Times just did a great piece um, on my interview with them talking about when I went back to India after my PhD work at MIT, I was actually able to understand that the Eastern systems of medicine are not woo-woo. They actually are a way of looking at the body as a system, although they use a different language. But the medical experts, I mean, I mean, I wanted to go into medical school, right? pre-med student, but what I found was I would always apply and one step in and one step out because what I found was deep in my gut, the medical system does not want you really uh, solving problems for that individual in a, in a unique way. So it's, one, it's not about one size fit, uh, it's one size fit all medicine. So they want you to look at an individual, f fit that person into a bucket and then give them a particular medical intervention or a particular drug. So just think about that. Everyone in the medical, uh, big pharma medical establishment model is treated as a statistic. And that notion is coming top down literally by actuarial people right now. The entire pr process of medicine is controlled no longer by science. It's controlled by what we at MIT used to call bean counters. People are counting how many beans, accountants. So they are doing top-down medicine, which is to dictate to someone, under this condition you will do this. So you can frankly replace, unfortunately, most of these doctors who are victimized. Most of the quote-unquote medical um, experts are victims of the Stockholm Syndrome. That's what they are. They're hostages of this system and they start uh, giving control away. Uh, but what is, so that's why. So first of all, they don't have a systems approach to the body. They're not taught that in medical school. They're not even taught to take a nutrition course. In, not in high school and medical school. And on top of that, they lack a systems approach to the body. So when something comes out of that box that they're trained in, they are instinctually taught to destroy it and attack it. That's what they're taught. Because otherwise, they're gonna be kicked out of the club. So this is a cultural issue. I hope that answers the question. This is not, there's a scientific issue with the fact is they're taught to practice a outdated, in many ways sometimes a fake science, but more fundamentally, it's because they're in the club or they're out of the club. So that's where this is coming from. And moreover, in the last uh, 15 years, we realized that medicine needs to move to a systems biology. 99% of the MDs don't, are not even trained in that because of their medical training. So I hope that answers that question. It, it, it does. I mean, it's usually tenure over anything else, um, which is what usually comes out of it. My, uh, if we say we've got three questions, I've, I've, I picked a, a list of ten here, so I'm going to pick out okay. three. All right? Sure. So I'm going to pick out. So, um, one of the other questions then. Given the fallout on people's lives and the economy, are the current measures for COVID justified? 
Right, so the question I'll just repeat again to the audience is, it's a great question. Uh, given the impact on the economy, are the current measures justified? And the answer is, again, this comes back to this one size fits all model. Everyone is, we're all globally treated as one big lump statistic. And the goal here is to see how much we can be manipulated globally. That's the end goal. So clearly this doesn't make any sense from an economic standpoint or a health standpoint. And so well, in the, I was going to say about the mental, the mental and the physical. The mental, the physical, the spiritual. Yeah, and none of this fits in because if you really think about it, this entire model was one size fit all. In fact, the letter that I wrote to the president, which people can find up on the website, if people want to go to the website, shivaforsenate.com, you'll see there's a letter that I submitted to the president. I'll bring it right up. If you scroll down to the page, it's up there. And it says Dr. Shiva's letter to, to the president. And in that letter, Robert, what I stated was that this entire model that Fauci is practicing um, is essentially a model of one size fit, fit, fits all medicine. And in that model of medicine, what you see is that everyone is being quarantined, everyone is being quote unquote socially distanced, and everyone cannot work. And what I wrote to the president is we need to take a personalized approach, at least not one big block. Let's look at four major areas that people are critically ill, give them high dose vitamin A and vitamin D, and put them on IV vitamin C, because that's how we want to support them. The next Which they're doing in the UK at the moment. Yes. My wife is a frontline nurse and I they're giving out vitamin C IV. And I had a video taken down for suggesting it. Right. And I think it's because I've been, you know, the videos I've been doing have been going viral and I've been exposing the medical establishment for not doing this. So I've noticed since I started doing that, there's uh, in an ER doctor in, in Seattle, they started, they gave him high dose vitamin C. In England, this is occurring. So I feel frankly happy that perhaps I'm saving some lives by pushing this out there. And shame on, to your point on censorship, shame on Google, shame on Mark Zuckerberg, shame on his wife, who's a medical doctor, who is absolutely going out there and censoring. When I said vitamin D, you know, is, it, is a proven solution for respiratory infection. It is a proven solution. Maybe she should get her head out of wherever she is, wherever she went to medical school and actually go look at it. She probably didn't learn about catholicidins. But the bottom line is, as, you, as your wife knows as a frontline medical worker, it is reprehensible that we're not giving the medical workers vitamin D and A high dosages. We're not giving the end critical patients vitamin C, but I'm glad that people are starting to do this. You know why? Because I'm noticing in the media at the lower ranks, I got a call from a, a, a New York Post reporter and she said, wanted interviewed me on vitamin C. She said, wow, she goes, you know, I'm into health. I care about this. And I go, is your editorial board going to, is your editors going to share with you what I just wrote? She goes, no, Shiva, they're probably going to nix it. But on the bottom lines, the people who get paid very little are recognizing that the publishers of these organizations are owned by Big Pharma. But the, the amazing advantage we have now, Robert, is people like you who are doing your independent media, people like me, you know, with this very simple, humble conditions, we're getting the news out. And I think the advantage we have is, you know, I came out of the, I have all the credentials, so it's hard for them to attack me. They're sort of flailing in their attacks on me. The guy's got a PhD out of MIT. He's got four degrees. He's a Fulbright scholar, and he's saying this. He's not a medical doctor. He's a PhD who studies systems. So I think the bottom line is, to your question, it is disgusting what they've done with shutting down the entire economy. This did not need to be done, as I wrote to the president in the letter I sent, sent to him, which is, by the way, posted on shivaforsenate.com. Next question, Robert. 
Okay, next question. I, I'm going to try and squeeze two more. One. Okay, go one, ahead. One, sure. One, it was our fault. We started one, late. The last one yep. I think is an absolute doozy, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it. But this is one, and I'm not sure whether you, you, you are aware of this, but in November last year, the CDC advertised for 37 statewide vacancies. That's 37 for my viewers who saw yesterday's video. 37 different locations across the United States for public health advisors, specifically quarantine program experts. This was in November last year. My question is then, do you think the CDC knew long before anyone else that they would need these positions to be filled? Yeah, so, the, so first, Robert just asked a very good question. Apparently in November last year, let me just plug this in, November of last year, November of 2019, Robert, through his you know, great research, uh, essentially found that the CDC put out notices to recruit 40 different people for quarantine, 30. 37 different 37, states. so I yes, 30. And the vacancies are still on the CDC's website. Right, so so the CDC put forward out there, could, we, could they find 37 people, vacancies, which are still up there, to support quarantine effort? That's in November. So when you really look at this, when you look at the architecture of this, the architect of this is three people, two organizations and one backroom organization, McKinsey, which is a consulting company, and then the front people are the Gates Foundation and the Hillary Clinton Foundation. What's happening is everyone recognizes it's Gates, but Hillary Clinton, through them, through the Clinton Global Initiative, is very closely involved because they started the Vaccine Alliance. And I want to reemphasize, if we're going to win this, Gates is just one piece of this. People like Bobby Kennedy, who've been part of the not-so-obvious establishment in this medical freedom movement, never attack Hillary Clinton. Never. There's Zippo on it. Why? Because they're his friends. So it's cool to attack Bill Gates now, okay? It's cool to attack Fauci after I started. But if you're not attacking Hillary Clinton, you're part of the problem. That means you're in bed with them, and this is just your fad to attack Bill Gates. We're here to win, and people like Bob, Robert, Robbie Kennedy are in bed with the Clintons who are part of this entire puzzle. So that's part of the wake-up call that needs to be done. But when you look at the CDC, the CDC for, you know, since it was created, really instituted by John Kennedy, you know, since that time, they have been a revolving door for pharmaceutical companies. And that revolving door has been supported by the, the Clintons, the Clinton Global Initiative, and the Gates Foundation, backed by trillionaires. And the entire goal has been to what, what you see going on here, to crash the economy. It has been to create an environment of fear with fake science so one day we will impose on everyone mandated medicine, top-down medicine, not totally Chinese Communist Party type centralized medicine. And therefore I keep emphasizing, yes, Gates is part of the problem, but Hillary Clinton is, and any person who claims that they're fighting this is not exposing Hillary Clinton is bullshitting us. They're part of it. They want to act like they're fighters. This is called the not-so-obvious establishment. So I really, really need people to get this, that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and the Kennedys are part of the not-so-obvious establishment. In fact, as I mentioned, Robert, he came here, you know, I'm running for U.S. Senate, and he endorsed, raised money for his little nephew, 51 million year old trust fund kid who's for mandated medicine. So anyone listening out there, if you want to follow Robert Kennedy, you're going to go right into the cliff, and it's going to not go anywhere because he is with the Clintons, who are part of pro-vaccines. So 
which brings me perfectly to, uh, I know we've got a time constraint here, uh, Dr. Shiva, so the last question. If you were placed in charge of an investigation committee by the president, who would you look at and why? Right, so great question. So Robert is asking, if I were placed in charge of an investigative committee uh, to look into this, who would I look at and why? Well, the first person you know that we have access to look at is Fauci. But I would also look at, I think his name is Redfield, the head of the CDC, and the head of the NIH, all of them, Francis Collins. You have to understand that the CDC, the NIH, as well as the Infectious Disease Center, which Fauci leads, those three people all need to be investigated because for a long time, they have been part of the problem, which is part of the academic establishment, which no longer really does great science. They all regress to the mean, mediocre science. And it's about bureaucrats. It's no longer scientists. It's bureaucrats who run the scientific establishment in the United States. I'm sure that's true in London. And for that matter, it's true I know in India when I was recruited, not before the current prime minister, two years ago by the scientific establishment of India to run the largest innovation center. I saw the level of bureaucracy. I saw the level of corruption. So what we fundamentally have is a scientific establishment in the biological sciences. It's a CDC, the NIH director, and, and Fauci. Those three guys should all be investigated for collusion because what they've been doing is they've been actually been suppressing real science. They've been shunning alternative opinions, which is what science is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about open discourse. So they violated freedom and, they, and they've essentially been promoting, they've been part of the vaccine or more specifically the big uh, mandated medicine agenda. Those are the three people. Okay, so, I mean, obviously with Fauci's 3.7 million backhander to Wuhan um, after the, um, the, the, the mandate that was passed back in 2015, um, he would personally be one of my uh, targets. Uh, my, my last wrap-up question then for you, because I know you're pressed for time, is um, what advice would you give to people at this moment in time going through the lockdown for their own um, mental health and well-being? Yes, that's a great question. So the last question uh, Robert has asked, again, Robert's from the Observation Deck, um, a, a independent journalist um, who went through a lot to start sharing the truth. He does great research. Part of what I mentioned we're going to do on these Ask Dr. Shiva uh, live sessions, we're gonna, really going to invite people who are doing great work. We're not the top-down mainstream media. But part of the effort here is, is, is what would I recommend that people do when they're in this state of basically house arrest? I would recommend the following. Step one, everyone should understand what is a system. How do systems work? A systems way of looking at the body. And for those of you from the UK or elsewhere, one of the important things I've done is my entire life has really been dedicated, Robert, to teaching people the systems nature of the body. So in the United States, those of you listening, if you go to our website, I'm running for US Senate, but our campaign is not some stupid, I wanna be the next senator. It's a much more profound campaign, it's for truth, freedom and health. And when people go to the website, Shiva for Senate, when you go down, there's a little donate button. And this is not a commercial to donate. When people support our campaign, I want to give them training on how to understand the body as a system. So if you donate, I think 25 uh, or, or more, you get a book called System and Revolutions. Robert, that book is consolidation of 40 years of knowledge accessible to anyone to understand from a control systems engineering standpoint. It's sort of four years of graduate work at MIT in a simple book, which anyone can learn. And the second piece is we've created a tool called Your Body, Your System, where people can understand the systems nature of the body. 
So everyone should go do that. Now for people who are coming from out of the country, they can literally go directly to your body or system and use the same thing. And if you go to that site, what it first of all teaches people is that the fundamental nature of our body is the immune system. And the immune system has a homeostasis. So it lets you answer through a series of very simple questions how the body is a particular kind of system. And then people can use that to actually experience the body as a system. So that's one thing people can do right away you know, using, using this tool. So that's one thing people can uh, experience from, from the tool capability that's out there. And, um, and that's accessible to anyone in the world. And also what we've done here is if people can't afford the money, they can ask for a scholarship. So this is not about me trying to hawk something, okay? And we've given, I think, probably over 200 scholarships in the last two weeks to people from all over the world who, who want to understand how the body is a system. So this tool helps people understand their particular homeostasis, and it's the integration of Eastern and Western medicine, Robert. This was sort of my life's culmination of integrating all my medical knowledge uh, or my biological sciences knowledge with systems engineering with understanding of Eastern medicine. That's the first thing people should do. This is a way for them to take control of their lives. The second thing people should do is they should understand that uh, the immune system, once they understand this, wants to be at its homeostasis. It has a point that it wants to stay at. And it is through our own efforts and the ecological efforts that we perturb that system. If I go back to this, your body, your system, you understand where your body is and you can find out if we don't get proper sleep, dirty air, dirty water, dirty food. That compromises our immune system because we move away from ourselves. And that is what I call your disturbed, okay? In the yeah. engineering systems, you call it an airplane's going from point A to point B, it has a destination and you're off course. And then the latter part of this technology teaches you how with foods and supplements and exercise, you bring your body back into alignment. So that's the second thing people should learn, that we have a lot of control of this and we need to take responsibility for our health. So as people are home stuck, meditate and think about the fact that there's a lot more of us than Bill Gates's and Hillary Clinton's yeah. and we should take control of our bodies. The other piece people should understand is that one of the most important ways that we all live long, the most important ways that we uh, uh, reduce disease, I've talked about vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin C and I could talk all about that is social connections, friendships, relationships, you know, having loving people. Which is what's being taken away from us. Which is exactly what's being taken away from us. In fact, what's happening is we're creating a, people say, hey, Shiva, why are you attacking people like Robert Kennedy? Why are you attacking those? You're creating a divided place. Well, I'm doing that because there needs to be the proper division of truth versus lies. However, they want to create a division which socially isolates us from our own fellow human beings. That's what they're doing. The, the United Nations, and I've just done a video on it, the United Nations have just brought out a children's book about social distancing. Wow. So every, I don't know if everyone heard that. Robert just shared the United Nations has brought out a children's book on social distancing. You have to understand that these organizations like the WHO, the NIH, these nonprofit organizations, you know, the Gates Foundation, the Clinton Global, they have huge PR machines. They hire the best people in advertising and PR, some of them who I used to work with in a former company. Some of you may not know, I used to do digital marketing, uh, you know, I created the technology for digital marketing and communication for the biggest brands in the world. I've met, I know the advertising world. These people are very sharp, they work very well and they're super organized. I bet you, Robert, 
in closing, there's probably some, some Excel spreadsheet, some Microsoft project plan that lays out into all of this. Okay, quarantine people, etc. And if you know Bill Gates, Bill Gates ran a software company. Software companies follow the following strategy when they release, release a product. Alpha phase, where they test it in small groups of people, get feedback. Then they do a beta phase, more customers. And then they do the gold release. In my opinion, event 201 was their alpha release. Okay, their little training. This is their beta release, seeing how we will respond, whether we'll be sheep, how, we'll, whether we'll fight back, and then they'll have the gold release, which I believe will be coming at the end of this year, which will be mandated medicine. And it's about time people recognize that that fight, if we do not win that, we're gonna head into the dark ages. We're gonna head into utter fascism. And that's what this is about, and that's why, Robert, I appreciate your joining us today, because it's, you know, it's people, like everyone listening here, we are the press. Freedom of press means all of us are the press. That means all of us need to start getting this and we need to understand the not so obvious establishment. It's easy, Robert, as you know, to understand the establishment, but it's much harder to understand those people claim they wanna help us. And I, I can't emphasize this, the way you understand the not so obvious establishment is, you should really ask, do they use one yardstick for measuring one person and another yardstick for measuring someone else, a hypocrisy. So if they attack Bill Gates a lot, but they're quiet on Hillary Clinton, watch out. And that's what's going on because it's very, very easy to manipulate people. Oh yeah, I'm fighting for you, I'm writing a book, you know, I'm, I'm the Kennedys. Well, what? You're, you're totally letting this criminal get away, Hillary Clinton. So that's where this movement is gonna end. Is it gonna have proper leadership, bottoms up, or is it gonna have a different kind of top-down leadership which will destroy us. So that's why I think, Robert, I'm so happy you joined us and that's why I'm committed to bringing a lot of people like yourself and making sure we give you guys a lot of you know platform and so we can have this conversation. Yeah. But I really appreciate your coming on. And everyone, thank Robert Lamont thank, from the Observation Deck. Thanks very much deck. for your time, Dr. Shiva. I really appreciate it. I know yeah. you're a busy man. I just want one more phrase for my guys which is just simply say, Support White T-Shirt Day. Everyone, support White T-Shirt Day. Be the light. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, be well, everyone. Take care. Okay, we're going to bring in our next person. Jen, is is Simland ready? Let me bring in uh, Robert. Be well. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So, everyone, that was our, that was Robert. Uh, Lamont and we have our we have uh, how are you doing hey I'm, I'm doing good how about you good so we we're doing live streaming here as you know so it, it would be good as we we're doing ask dr. Shiva we have why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are yeah well uh, I'm, I'm uh, re really glad to talk with you and uh, my name is Seam Lund and I'm from Estonia so I'm, I'm like a "Quote unquote biohacker or a health enthusiast." And I, kind of I say. I have, a, I have a podcast stand. So how do you how do you say your name? Seem. Sorry. How do you say your name? Yes, S I I M Land. And what's the name of your podcast? It's uh, Body Mind Empowerment. Okay, so I just want to let everyone know. So everyone out there, we have Seem Land joining us from Estonia, and part of what we're doing is this is the Ask Dr. Shiva session where we invite people who are doing some great work, and you're from Estonia. And part of the thing is to get this, you know, we've, we've had so many people worldwide. So 
So are, are you are you recording this on your end? Do you, uh, I would like to, but okay. uh, I need some permission from Yes, let me give you a, ability to record so you can record this. Allow record. Go ahead. So you can start recording this yeah, so you can I, use it for your I own thing. Okay. Well, yeah, like my first question is, um, yeah, based on like the kind of a globality of the situation, like, uh, like I said, I'm from Estonia and we had like a similar response uh, as, as the States because, you know, America is more of like a role model for the rest of the world uh, when it comes to these sort of things and every, every, everything is in, in lockdown, most businesses are closed and people are self-isolating. So obviously you can't really apply the same kind of a... Uh, pattern or same treatment to all these localized places across the world as well. So how would you apply the same idea of individual medicine to these individual communities and the countries and the cities? Yeah, so Seem, uh, by the way, Seem, what do you do for a living? What's your training in? Um, I, I, I have an anthropology degree, but uh, okay. my kind of uh, profession is a writer and uh, social media and uh, that sort of thing. Okay, great. Well, well, it's really great to have you. I mean, particularly from another country you know which is which many people in the in the United States don't have a chance so I'm, I'm very very pleased to have seen here so the question is you know how do we actually apply personalized medicine you know precision medicine some of you may know that my entire training uh, since I was a kid you know observing traditional systems of Indian medicine and modern medicine has always been in the field of personalized and precision medicine in traditional systems of medicine you know, for example, Siddha, Arve, their Chinese medicine, each person was not treated as the same. You didn't treat someone as a statistic. That is a model of modern medicine where everyone is treated as a blob because when you can treat people as blobs, you can try to figure out how to want to, you want to control them and observe them. So the essence of even Western medicine starting in 2003 with the creation of feel like systems biology said we need to go to personalized and precision medicine. That means the right medicine for the right person at the right time. So um, one of the technologies I created, Cytosolve, allows you to do that. But fundamentally, in public health, that's not applied, right? In public health, which involves the health of all people, it's a very interesting field. It's still one-size-fits-all medicine. So that's what we've seen, be it Estonia or the United States, the WHO, let's think about that. They're the ones who control most of the public health policies through the CDCs of equivalents of local countries and the head of the uh, 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 WHO Tedros is very closely aligned with the Chinese Communist Party. The future head, the past head, was a member of the Chinese Communist Party. Well, what is the Chinese Communist Party about? Top-down medicine. A few set of people treat all their people like a factory. Everyone's a factory worker and, and you don't give people personalized attention. It's top-down medicine. So the WHO is about top-down medicine. So if you see the policy, we're going to lock down everyone. Forget you're a healthy human being and you take care of yourself. You have a strong immune system. No, you're also socially isolated. Then you're also taking people who are critically ill. You're not giving them differential medicine who are going into the ventilators. You're not giving them vitamin C. Everyone just gets this protocol. If this, put them on a ventilator. Forget the fact that their body is undergoing a cytokine storm. They have pre-existing conditions and you're sending high pressure down into their lungs and basically destroying their lungs. So, that, so that's an example, I don't know if Estonia, they should be taking that critically ill people and giving them at least, for God's sake, it's not gonna hurt them, high dose pharmaceutical load, I mean, I mean it's out there, vitamin C. And then, the, and then the last part of this is you take the people who are immunocompromised and you support them in a different way, fine. You know, 
if you want to quarantine them, support them, but they need to beef up their immune system. So in the letter I wrote to President Trump, people, if they want to see it, it's up on you know, uh, shivaforsenate.com. You can go up there. It's a letter I wrote to him, and it's a, it's a very short letter, about three or four pages, and it lays out this plan, which I put out on March 23rd. And it basically exposes the fact that the WHO and people like Fauci have no interest in personalized precision medicine. And whenever people in, in 2020 don't care about treating the individual as a human being, you know that they have another agenda. And that agenda is like Procter & Gamble or the cigarette companies to sell everyone the same thing because they want to reduce their cost of marketing, their cost of goods, their cost of sales. It's much more hard for them to say, you know, Asim gets a different medicine than Shiva gets, than, you know, Jennifer gets. But, but that is what medicine is supposed to be about, Seem, because ultimately, um, you know, we're a very complex system. To say that you're going to mandate it top down is antithesis of health. It's the antithesis of public health. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like uh, everyone is just, you know, this, everyone has their own number and it's like a one big mass of people put into the same box. Uh, but what about how would you apply the same mentality to, to like the economy in a way? How would you kind of gradually open up different parts of mm -hmm. a country or a, or a state for that matter? Right. So the question that, that Seem is asking is a great question. Is how do you really open up the economy again in a way? First of all, I think that the issue you're bringing up is you have immune health, which is the health of our bodies, and if you think about economic health, which is the health of a country or an organism as a, overall. In both of these cases, we overreacted. The immune system for the people who actually get sick, the very small percentage of people, it's not the virus is killing them, it's the overreaction of a weakened immune system. In the case of the economy, I think we should all recognize globally that particularly the United States has been printing money for a long time since 2007. I'm not sure how it is in Estonia. I, I believe Estonia has a really, really great innovation uh, environment that they're building. Some of the stuff I've been reading. They've been really yeah, a little bit. We're, we're very like high tech and uh, internet and uh, every, everything, right. everything's online. But uh, we, I think we do have like, we, we don't have like that big of a like depth and burden, but uh, still it's uh, like every country has a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, so the bottom line is when it comes to the economy, you know, I, I, I've been getting a bunch of calls from economists, very senior level people, some in the government, some externally. They said, Shiva, thank you so much for those videos because a guy like Fauci, the health policy has been leading economic policy. And in fact, the economists, be it in your country, the United States, are being told, don't worry, we're going to quarantine everyone and you will have to come up with printing money, essentially, to fill it in. So the first thing I think that needs to happen, the, the first agenda is we need to get back all these small business owners. We're, I, I don't know in Estonia, but in the United States, they're really the fuel of the economy. These people, 22 million people in the United States have applied for unemployment claims. claims. This is devastating. And you know they get a $1,200 check. This is nothing. Meanwhile, $6 trillion got sent over to Wall Street and the big bankers to try to fuel and keep up the stock market. And a, a, a significant amount of that cash went to China. Okay, which was building up its dollar reserve. So the first thing, in my opinion, that needs to be done is we need to focus on working people and the small business people and to bring them out in the economy. It is connected to immune health. I would say support them. This is an opportunity for people to understand the body. Support them with vitamin D. Give them vitamin A. Teach them about vitamin C. Because what is going to happen six months from now? Same. Are we going to do this again and again? And is this a trial run to put a gun to all of our heads 
saying we will crash your economy again, everyone get mandated medicine. So I think the first thing that needs to be happen is as a part of taking those everyday working people who are healthy, teach them about immune health. How do you boost up the immune system? So when they're out there next time, the, the focus from an economic standpoint is not about our vaccines gonna come down or big pharma, it is how we support immune health. And there's a lot of great, and that will help the economy. There's a lot of great alternative medicine people. There's a lot of great chiropractors, medical healers who've been always shunned, like they're, they're useless. You know, biohackers, right, who are starting to understand how the body works. The technology that I created out of MIT Cytosol is basically a platform for biohacking. So if we start focusing on immune health, we're gonna create a whole nother economy, probably a whole new innovation, a renaissance. That's what we should do, and we need to destroy big pharma because big pharma and big medicine and big hospitals do not give a damn about our immune health. They wanna, in fact, destroy our immune health and impose mandated medicine. So I would say part of this economic health is to have an amazing resurgence of supporting all these local you know, uh, people who actually want to support the immune health of the body. So that, and then put those workers back, back. The immunocompromised, look, many of those people, we need to start a whole educational model in the world about why is there, in the United States, the United States has the lowest longevity rate in the Western world, the highest infant mortality rate, 30% you know, obesity. Let's use this as a part of the economy to start teaching people how your health is directly connected to the economic health. Because if you grow the number of immunocompromised people, forget COVID, the next flu, we're gonna have more people ill, the next flu and the next flu. As people get unhealthier and unhealthier and unhealthier, what fundamentally is gonna happen is, we're gonna have the hospital infrastructure won't be able to handle it. And the hospital infrastructure itself is completely corrupt. So part of the economic health is, in your hospitals, be it in Estonia or Europe and other countries, we need to eliminate all these middlemen. And part of it is we need to create economic incentives to support the medical doctor at the one-on-one -on -one level, out of the big hospitals, back to one-on-one -on -one health. We'll take one more question, um, Seem. I hope that's okay. Yeah. Sorry, I know we got you in late. Wanted to get your thoughts about the herd immunity because like you alluded, the kind of the, the different viruses as well as this one can potentially come back uh, like next year and what, what, what are we going to do like are we going to shut down the economy again like that's that's like an economic suicide so uh, like how do is the herd immunity strategy like a better way of going about it like Sweden is doing it at the moment and uh, in a way it can kind of increase the overall resiliency of the yeah. population yeah it's a great great question brilliant question so what uh, Seem just asked is one is vaccination the other is herd immunity okay which is what we were supposed to do in the natural world. So to just be clear on this, what we're talking about is if you take a population of a thousand people, let's say you have a small set of them, a hundred people who are immunocompromised, right? Obese or they have, they're undergoing blood transfusion. I mean, sincerely, they have immune problems. Let's say a very small percentage, about let's say 10% of that population. The notion of vaccinations came about in a very weird way. It said in order to protect that 10%, we need to immunize a certain portion of the other 900 people, okay? Just follow this very carefully. So in order to build herd immunity, it was a wrong way of doing herd immunity, okay? They purposely misused the term. So they said in order to protect these 10% of people as though they were the compassionate people, etc., 
we need to immunize the other 900 people, okay? And they came up with the percentage of what portion of that 900 people needed to be immunized for different vaccines, for different, you know, a virus vaccine, so different viruses. So for example, measles, it started at 70% of that 900 people, which would have been 630. Then it went up to that wasn't working, 75, then 80, then 90. Now it's 95%. So what they're saying is out of that 900 people, at least about, you know, 900 people need to be immunized or, or eight, eight, about 810 people or more to protect the 10%, okay? So just get this argument. Does that follow? So in order to, so this is their argument of herd immunity, but it's through vaccines. And that vaccine is something that is not going through your innate immune system. It's not natural. It's subverting your innate immune system, going right into your bloodstream. That means your macrophages, your neutrophils, all these other very important things, which are in your eyes, your nose, your ears, how if I sneezed on you, you would get them. You're subverting that. And the notion is, oh, if you generate antibodies, you're okay. Well, it's total bullshit. Because as someone who studies the immune system, who gave the lecture at the National Science Foundation where I laid out the real science of the immune system, you've just short-circuited something. You're not following the orchestration of nature's biological models. What you're doing is you're short-circuiting it and then you're telling it's equivalent. It's, it's a false equivalence. Now, if we really, so, so the model is in order to protect that 10%, we're gonna have to vaccinate all these people and then let's say some of them get injured and they become immunocompromised, well now, the 100 may go to 200, 300. So over time, the whole model breaks down because you're gonna have more and more people immunocompromised and more and more of the healthy people having to get all vaccinated. The traditional model, if you look at most med medical systems, was when a virus came, whether it was for animals, like in the village where I grew up in, if a animal got you know some virus, they immediately had it sneezed and they gave it to everyone else. Because for economic reasons, because you didn't want little by little by little, you wanted all of it to be orchestrated. In fact, in traditional systems of medicine, if someone got virus, they would take the pus and they would shoot it up people's nose. Now, that is a natural way of getting it. Exposure, you know, I grew up where we had chicken pox, measles parties, and we also know that when you expose yourself to these, probably these viruses we're supposed to get, your body turns on many other genes through the interferon system. So, the notion of a virus being bad and fear-mongering is what they've created. When in fact, these viruses and things are supposed to boost our immune system, we're supposed to play in the dirt, we're supposed to have a natural lifestyle. So what Sweden did was they said, screw you, they went to a different model. And that is basically saying, we may take a little hit, but you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna build our resilience. And you have to understand, George Washington's troops in the United States, when they knew smallpox was coming, they, he actually exposed everyone to smallpox openly through a technique called variolation where they did a slight abrasion and was brought to the United States by a African slave. And then they exposed people to the whole virus. There was no uh, adjuvants and th uh, aluminum, etc. So the opportunity is why aren't we exposing everyone and boosting our immune system? That is called a resilient approach. That's called an engineering systems approach because nature has created a very resilient body. Now, the MDs, they're not qualified to even talk about this. I am because I've, you know, I'm a systems biologist. We study the whole system. MD study little pieces. You as a biohacker study it as a system. And that's what we need to recognize that the medical school training education is completely incompetent at understanding the immune system. They're not qualified. 
So anyone out there thinking MDs know what they're talking about, and before you ask me if I have qualifications, you should ask, does the MD have a qualification? Because they do not study the body as a system. Engineers study the body as a system. The ankle bone's connected to the foot bone. So I think the opportunity here, uh, seeing the question you're asking is, how do you build resilience? From a systems perspective, what people will understand is that all systems in nature, man-made or natural systems, have an important property called resilience. Resilience is being able to take a hit and coming back stronger. That's what a strong system is. Now, if we're creating weaker and weaker and weaker systems, we're creating a very weakened society. So the issue is, do we want to create strong systems? Truth, freedom, and health, strength, right? That's why, you know, our entire campaign, you know, as I started doing these videos, Seaman, that's why you got interest in others, is it's really promoting a much more of a global message, which is right up on our website, truth, freedom, and health. That you have to have freedom to have open discourse to get to real science, and from real science truth, we can really find out how our body works. And from that, we can create strong people and systems so we can fight for our rights. And what they want to do is they want to weaken our systems. <laughs> and the vaccination model, it has the right potential idea, which is to expose, but the way it's being done is essentially outsourcing this to big pharma. Why don't we outsource this to ourselves and give medical freedom to everyone? Anyway, Seema, I hope that was... Do you have one more question? No, it's, it's uh, literally like just uh, trying to fix something in the short term. Uh, but, you know, the problem is that the virus is going to evolve and then you have to kind of get another vaccine, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So and that's, that's a wonderful model. That's, that's a business, business plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you hit something very, very interesting. Look, every business, uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. Every time I've started a business, uh, the, one of the best ways that you can look at the, the value of a business is what's called the recurring revenue stream. Okay, Gillette, the shaving companies have the recurring revenue model, right? They not only want to sell you, they, if they, they don't want to create a razor that lasts forever. So they sell you the, the razor and then they sell you blades. And those are very profitable businesses because now they got you hooked, right? Well, suppose the business model was that you weaken your immune system and every year a new virus comes and now you've scared people, that's what they've done. That's why we need to break over the fear with real science. Now you have a model where you scare the shit out of everyone and even quote unquote intelligent people using fake science and all of them are going to think, oh my God, I got to get vaccines. Oh my God, my child. By the way, it, how many under 20 year old people even died from this? Zero, near zero. It's minuscule. So now you've scared children. You've, you've created a fear environment. So unfortunately, people may say, yeah, okay, Seem, uh, please. Here's my passport, stamp the vaccine card on me, it's okay. That's when fascism begins. And that's what they're teeing up for. This is, we're in the beta phase. We did alpha, which was their event 201. This is beta and Bill Gates knows about this and then they're gonna go to gold. Gold phase is where we all are carrying on an immunity card or some medical card. Anyway, Seema, I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, thank you as well. Yeah, let, let me well just let work. me just tell everyone who's out there. Seem Seem, what's your last name? Lend. Lend, like, uh, and and the name of your podcast again is. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, Seem Lund. Seem Lund. So everyone who goes to Seem Lund, look up um, Seem's podcast. But he's a biohacker. He's from Estonia. But it was very nice having you, Seem. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Too. It's a it was a real pleasure. Yeah, Great yeah, questions. All the, all the best. All the best. Okay. Good. Be the light. Thank you. Thanks. Um, 
Jen, do we have someone else joining us? Do we go to the next thing? Jennifer? Oh, okay, so I need to get on that network? Okay. All right, so let me just wrap this up in one minute and then I'll restart the stream, right Jen? Or should I just continue with this? Oh, okay, but I'm gonna stream out, okay? Or, or I'll start a new one. Oh, I'll start a new one, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay, everyone. I'll. Well, Jen, I could continue with this too. Or you made a split it. You made a split it. But it may be better to do two, right? Yeah. Let me split it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they're gonna send. Are you gonna send me the Zoom link? Okay. Thanks, Jen. I will. Okay, I'll get on Skype. Thanks. And they're gonna call you. Okay, hold on, Jen. I'm just gonna end the stream. So anyone, anyway, everyone, I'm gonna be doing another interview with IMTV, um, talking about Cytosolve and our technology. Um, so I'm gonna uh, uh, end this stream so it publishes, and then I'm gonna start an. Um, hey, Jen, should I end it or just start another? Just keep going. I could just bring up Skype, and I have the camera set up. Okay. Well, let me ask everyone, let me ask people, how many of you would like me to just continue this stream or start another one? How many people say, yay, just continue? Up on YouTube, let me see. How many people just want me to continue? Should I just continue? I have another one coming up with another uh, organization called IMTV. Yes? Keep doing good work, keep going. Yes, keep going or start a new stream. Let me look at what people are saying. What do people want on YouTube? Do you want me to start it, Jen, if you can look at what people are saying on Facebook? So the question is, should I start a new, tr new stream or just keep going with this? Keep going. People are saying, keep going, keep going. Okay, great. So let me just, I'm gonna start, um, I'm gonna end this meeting here and I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna bring my other interviewer in. And Jen, what is their, uh, their Skype address? Okay, so I'm going to join the call. I will take not credit the experience that you're having. All right, everyone. The science that might deepen our understanding of it, but why drive you out of the discussion? It doesn't make sense to not in science. I'm jealous, Dr. Keys. They we do no harm. We only So everyone, I'm going to be joining a another podcast here with Alan Keys. <laughs> Happening. Hello. Oh, go ahead, Carrie. <laughs> what I was saying is, I think that they're almost jealous because with chlorine dioxide, you do no harm, which is, of course, the oath they took. But of course, they're harming a lot of people. So it's very, uh, very different from what they're doing than what we do. Well, well yeah. I, think well, I just, I just had a couple comments because uh, I'm a, a big fan of America and, and of our president. And it breaks my heart to hear that other nations are are stepping out and are testing the the, the chlorine dioxide and are healing their people. And our president's going to end up not looking too good because he's surrounded by demonic people, in my opinion. But uh, also, I have a question: Why is the FDA? I thought that was an American group. Why are they bothering you guys? Aren't y'all in Europe somewhere? The problem is...
Sound is off. There you go. Is that better? Sound is back on. Sorry about that. Sound was on. A sound was off when I went on the other site. Sorry about that, guys. Sound is back on. Thank you. Sound back on. Sound back on. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Jen, the sound was off. All right. Sorry about that, everyone. Sound is back on. Jen, the sound was off. It's back on. Okay. It'll sound will be coming shortly. Okay. All right, everyone. I'm going to turn off for now. Thank you very much. Be the light.